Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Welcome back. So the only way you can follow both Donald Trump and Jesus is if you've never read either of their books. And if you listen to this show, you know all about how right wing politics has used a distorted version of Christianity as a cloaking device for right wing thuggery for generations. And in the last four decades, criminalizing abortion has eaten and replaced actual Christianity, but kept its name and mutated into many ugly forms of fundamentalism, which have nothing to do with the character of Jesus, whether you believe in him as literal fact or not. I want to talk about a movie that's not only the first great film of 2024, but it might already be the most important film you will see in all of 2024. The new documentary, God and Country, it looks at the rise and the risks of Christian nationalism, how it distorts our constitutional republic and Christianity itself. It's based on Catherine Stewart's great book, The Power Worshippers, and it features interviews with a ton of people who are regulars on this show. And Thea Butler, Jamar Tisby, Kristen Dumay, Andrew Seidel, Reza Aslan, Sister Simone Campbell. It's directed by Dan Partland, who who produced Welcome to the Dollhouse and The Ballad of Ramblin' Jack. He won his Emmy for Best Nonfiction Series for American High. It's produced by two friends of this show, Michelle and Rob Reiner. Rob is an old friend of this show and one of America's finest artists, a man who knows how celebrity can be repurposed in service of society. And he makes really good films. They just screened it on Capitol Hill. We are thrilled to have them here. Dan and Rob, welcome to SiriusXM, and thank you for this movie. John, thank you so much for having thank us. You. And, uh, you know, we we do go back and we have done uh, we've been on stage together. And uh, it's always a pleasure being around you, John, because you really do know this stuff more than than most people I, I, I talk to. And I love talking to anyone who would give such a great introduction. My God. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, well, honestly, we're, you we're got at a time me right, right where now. you want me. Well, well, this is why this is why the movie is so speaking to my heart and to the work I do and to the things that get me thrown out of some of the finest comedy clubs, because we're in a time when <laughs> Greg Abbott's Christianity means 
welcome the stranger, but with razor wire in the Rio Grande. I mean, the mutations of Christianity, it, 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 it's not as bad as slavery, which Christianity was used to justify, but this film couldn't be more timely and important. Dan, how did this project come to be? Was this your idea first? Rob, did this come from you? Well, I actually approached Dan because I, I was uh, given Catherine Stewart's book, uh, The Power Worshippers. And I, you know, I knew that there was a, a strong Christian right movement, a Christian nationalist movement that had been going on for quite a while. I mean, Norman Lear started People for the American Way, which is all about, you know, preserving religious freedom and separating church and state and all that. But I didn't realize how organized, how powerful and how well funded uh, this this movement was. So I came to I went to Dan and I loved Dan's work. We had worked together on something. And I said, Dan, is this something you want to take on? Because I think this is a really important subject and people need to know uh, what this movement is all about and what Christian nationalism is all about. And so Dan, you know, said yes. And then we're off to the races. And then for my part, I mean, what I said, uh, I remember in that first meeting, I said, I just want you to know, I was meeting with Rob and some of the other producers, and I said, I just want you to know that if I were to take this on, it would be really important to me that this be a pro-Christian movie. Exactly. Like, it's really, really important. I think the problem of the critiquing any side is like, you know, you, you can jumble it all up, right? That's exactly what Christian nationalists would like us to do. They would like us to think that this is what Christianity is and any attack on our political agenda is an attack on our faith. And so we have to draw a bright line and we have to say, that's not the case. This Christian nationalism thing is not a faith. It's a political identity masquerading as faith. This is what the faith actually is. Exactly right. And we no have, point. and, and as ahead. you say, we have respected uh, theologians, pastors, uh, very deep thinking, devout, conservative Christian leaders talking about this, very specifically saying that Christian nationalism not only is a danger to our democracy, but it's a danger to Christianity itself. And so you're not you know, you don't have to take it from a secular uh, Jew or uh, <laughs> Dan, who was raised in a secular home as well. You can listen to these leaders that we've put out there who uh, who will tell you that this is uh, this is a danger to Christianity. Amen. I mean, I was raised in as far from a secular home as you can get by two ex-clergy, and you nail every facet of it. The film is at no point anti-Christian, anti-Jesus, or anti-God, but it does what Jesus teaches us to do, calls out lying, mean, pious, religious, uber-conservative hypocrites. Now, some people call them fundamentalists. Some call them Christo-fascists. We seem, in this decade, to have settled on Christian nationalism. I'd like to ask you both, how do you define that term? Because it's really caught on. And finally, I think we have a, an appellation that suits this political movement. Well, it, it is a tough uh, 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 you know, term to define. We spend a good portion of the film doing that. But just in general, the idea of Christian nationalism is saying that America is supposed to be a white Christian nation. And that is our identity and that's what we have to get back to. And so this movement is all about uh, discarding the idea of separation of church and state and saying that America was placed here by God 
to be a white Christian nation. And uh, the founding fathers couldn't have been more disagreeing to that idea. They put it separation of church and state, not those words, but they put the concept of separation of church and state in the Constitution three mm -hmm. different times. And it's it, it's there. But Dan can speak a little bit more about it because that was what he had to wrestle with is to not turn people off to say that Christian nationalism is not necessarily healthy, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't represent Christianity itself. That's so, it. Dan, you want to? Well, I mean, it's a terrible term, as you pointed out. I'm I'm I'm. I'm it's it's a tragedy that this is the term that's coalesced because it doesn't self-describe people i think people don't know what even people who who've read an article or two people who are following it a little bit they don't really know what it means those terms don't self-describe it sounds like it might be a very good thing that marries our our love of our country with our love of our faith who wouldn't be for that um and so it's hard and then even it's hard even when you drill down on it to really nail it because we do have, we do believe in America that people should be, their political beliefs can and should be informed by their spiritual beliefs. Why not? Of course, those things are related. Um, the problem is when we cross over to this other line and we decide that there's actually kind of two classes of people here in this country. There's the people who ascribe to this, that are, you know, uh, this, this political class, this is, this is what nationalism is. Nationalism right. says that the power, the authority to govern doesn't come from the people. It actually comes from the state and is given to certain people based on either ethnicity or geography or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or religion. And this happens all over the world. The specific brand of religious nationalism that happens in the United States is Christian nationalism. It, Hindu nationalism is going on in India right now. They're having a problem with it. But the kind of Christian nationalism that happens in the United States has a particularly difficult dimension to it, which is the belief of a lot of American Christians that the United States itself has a messianic role to play. That's right. That the United right. States is important piece of God's plan for humanity. So once you, once you believe that, then the belief that you have to protect the United States as a Christian nation, that that whole thing has gotten out of control. And people have forgotten that Christ's kingdom was to be a spiritual kingdom. The United States is a brick and mortar government. Those are two yeah. different things. They shouldn't be intertwined. We're gonna take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. 
No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. We talk about not only the legal issues of the day, but we also talk about the need to reform ethics in our government. Here's one example, the oath of office. You know the one. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's add 22 words to that oath. Quote, and I will promptly report any instances of crime and or corruption by government officials and employees of which I become aware. Friends, our democracy is worth fighting for. Join us in this fight, because justice matters. Look for Justice Matters wherever you ordinarily find your podcasts. I love that you made the choice to begin the film in the terrorist attack on our Capitol on January 6th. I don't call it an insurrection. I call it terrorism because that's what the dictionary calls what happened that day. And it was fascinating to me because we've just begun to see some people begin to view that day through the prism of white supremacy and the racism that was present. This is the first serious look I've seen at the Christian supremacy that was present that day. And it really has been underreported. I mean, they were Christian nationalists and the primary organizers on this attack on our capital did it out of this distorted mutant version of, of Christianity. Why was that the choice to begin the film? It's very, very inspired to me. Well, you, 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 you know, most of the uh, reports on what happened on January 6th were just, they were uh, rabid, uh, pro-Trump people who didn't stop the steal. They didn't like that he uh, lost the election and they didn't believe it. And so they, they're going to take up arms. But when you dig down, you look at it, it was the organizing uh, tool for that. Uh, I mean, that every person who stormed the Capitol was a Christian nationalist, but we see all kinds of evidence on the floor of the Senate in the in the crowd uh, with Bibles, with crosses and all of that. And when you read the January 6th committee's report, there is no mention of Christian nationalism in there. None. And for a good reason, because they don't want to alienate Christians and we don't want to alienate Christians. This is not a anti-Christian film. This is the exact opposite. It's exactly. a pro-Christian film. And I think that when they put that report out, they didn't want they didn't want to turn people off. It's a very delicate, tricky thing to get the idea across that there is a foundation of Christian nationalism fueling this kind of violence. Amen. Yeah, the fact that the the attack on the United States Capitol was a white Christian nationalist uprising. And I think that, um, yeah, it's been it's more comfortable to just talk about the race component of it, which is certainly a component of it. But Christian nationalism really created the justification, created the permission structure. If you can 
sell this idea that the United States was created to be a Christian nation. Um, You can give people the justification for taking it back because it's not Christian. (laughs) So it it kind of self-justifies, but it also was importantly, and we don't talk about this that much in the film, but it also was kind of the logistical um, engine that drove it too. Not again, not that all the people who were at the Capitol were Christian nationalists. And by the way, almost nobody self-identifies as Christian nationalists. It's really, sure. it's a series of traits and beliefs. It's an identity. It's Except not. Except for Marjorie point. Taylor Greene, she <laughs> she identifies herself that way. The the, yeah. the intellectual heft yeah. of the House of Representatives. She put the cue in Karen. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, but yeah, I. Well, just to finish the thought, I mean, Rob alluded to it too, but I have to say from knowing the footage really well, um, the obviously the, at a certain point, the January 6th committee put out a reel. They put out a two minute edited reel uh, that was their, their telling of what happened. And what was notable, because we were cutting the film at the time, what I could see was that there was no Christian imagery in that reel at all, zero. Now, it's not impossible to cut a reel of the attack on the Capitol and cut around the Christian imagery. You could easily do that, but it wouldn't happen by accident. And right. and that's what told me that they were fully aware that this was a Christian nationalist uprising and they had fully decided, and as Rob says, probably rightly so, that they, that's not the fight they wanted to have. What they wanted Correct. to have was the discussion just about democracy and leave it to a free press, which thankfully we still have in the United States, to talk about mm-hmm. it. And that's why we're talking about it. But I think that's the brilliance of your film, because it's not only not anti-Christian. This film is incredibly pro-Christian. It is pro the values of Christ. It is pro everything in Matthew 25 and the Beatitudes. And it reminds people what the source literature demands. And it's a to me watching it. It's impossible. And by the way, watching this movie, like I turned to my wife and I said, oh, my God, they made a documentary about the inside of my head. I mean, I cannot believe how much you fit in this film, but it's impossible to be a right wing Christian unless you spend a lot of time lying to yourself. You got to pretend Jesus talked about abortion and transgender kids and illegal immigrants. You got to ignore his commandments for individuals and nations to welcome the stranger, care for the sick and incarcerated. You got to pretend the founders wanted a theocracy and that slave owning wasn't a problem with the Bible. I mean, in many ways, you made a film about mass psychosis. It is a Christ-free movement that uses his name. I guess my question is, does this all depend on mass delusion or is it just a willful biblical ignorance? Because it's a bit inconvenient to actually follow the teachings well if you if you're trying to build a political movement uh there is nothing better than saturating people with media and disinformation to get your ends and the people who gets as dan often talks about gets swept up in this movement have as we say in the film been marinating in this uh this you know media silo that keeps telling them you know that this movement is ordained by god and so that's what happens i mean there's a lot of unwitting people who can't see that their their faith is being co-opted they don't see that you're right it's a leadership driven movement i mean it's mm -hmm. it's leadership driven and so you have you know, at a certain point, of course, uh, you know, we have other problems in the United States. Too many voters are low information voters. There, we have too many, for that matter, you'd say too many low information Christians. A lot of self-identified <laughs> evangelicals who don't who don't go to church, who don't read the Bible, who don't come from who don't come from a religious um, 
uh, tradition who are absorbing these messages because they're getting them in their silo again and again about this is how you're a good American and this is how you're a good Christian. And right. and so the leaders, the leaders of the movement, the pastors who are carrying this message, the politicians who are carrying this message, they know what they're doing. They're amassing political power. They're using, That's faith, it. they're manipulating people of faith to do so. That's it. They are drunk on the illusion of earthly power. And as you guys point out in the film, they've never lied to themselves more than in this flawed vessel argument, this King Cyrus bullshit, where they embrace the opposite of everything Jesus taught to enact a political agenda led by a reality TV pussy grabbing landlord that had nothing to do with anything Jesus talked about. Could this movement even exist without hate, without rage and without anger? I've never seen so many Christians cheering revenge. Yeah, no, I don't think it can. And we point out uh, specifically by uh, a pastor, Rob Shank, who was a, um, a very devout and conservative Christian pastor who uh, would teach uh, in his, uh, you know, in his seminars, he would teach about uh, the, the, the this uh, series of books that was edited by this guy, Gerhard Kittel. And Mm -hmm. Again, it's the same thing. You know, it, it you you can justify anything. He justified uh, Hitler uh, killing six million Jews. He justified it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Christ, in the name of that. So if you can, you know, if you're trying to build a, a political movement and you can get people to think that this is what God wants, That's this it. is what Jesus wants. Uh, then you'll be willing to do anything. But as you always point out, John, and I love the way you talk about it, because you do know, you have read your Bible, and you do know that this is so far afield from the teachings of Jesus, who's about loving thy neighbor, doing unto others, taking care of the poor, uh, those less fortunate, and uh, pay your taxes, <laughs> anti-death yeah. penalty, anti-slut shaming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. time and time again. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is SiriusXM. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. You know, Rob, you've said in some interviews for the film something, you know, people have said, oh, well, where do you as a as a as a Jewish person get off producing a film about this subject? But as you point out in the film, we live in a world where Nazis were easily able to twist Christianity to serve their agenda. This connects to every human. And I'm not in the film. We have real, devoted, devout Right. I mean, uh, conservative Christian leaders and pastors who are talking about this. It's not Rob Reiner, the, 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 you know, the the secular Jewish liberal. These are, uh, you know, Russell Moore and David French and and Phil Vischer and people who are well respected in the Christian community who say very specifically that this movement is not only a danger to uh, democracy, it is a danger to Christianity itself. Right on. And, and John, you pointed out before you asked what you asked, what is this movement without hate? This is right. It's an angry, hate filled movement bent on vengeance and distorted by grievance. And there's that shows up in no place more vividly than the response to the Christian conservative voices who are in the film. These are some of the bravest people I want. I really want people to go to the film and hear directly from them because it took so much courage because they knew as they were participating in this interview and they were speaking about these important truths, they knew that this angry vitriolic mob was coming for them. Yeah. It was coming for them. Real death threats, anger, vitriol, the most lewd, debased conversation you could possibly have online directed at them for what? For talking about what they see as the virtues of Jesus and and Christianity. Well, I got to say, when I was a young comic and first moved out to L.A., I got to debate Jerry Falwell on Bill Maher's show. Um, And I was very, very young, but it was big for my relationship with my parents. And I really loved how you point out in the film that he never had a peep to say about abortion until five years after Roe v. Wade had, had, had passed. Jerry Falwell was a white supremacist who built whites-only schools, who publicly defended apartheid in the 80s, throughout the 80s. I mean, he was just unabashed about it. And he found a new scheme, a new wedge issue, a new way to amass political power. As you point out in the movie, and many of your experts point out, criminalizing abortion has nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus. But these few committed right-wing white men, racists, made it a huge issue. Is that their secret for the last 40 years? I've come to believe that it was the demonization of abortion rights, which, again, was not controversial in 73, took a few years. But that led to everything we've seen in our politics, and it has dictated why this party which has unpopular opinions and represents a minority of Americans, keeps winning elections. Daniel, was abortion the magic spell? It was because the movement itself was not initially uh, founded on that issue. It was was given birth by uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruling in 1954 for the Brown versus the Board of Education, which said that we can no longer have segregation, that blacks and whites had to be integrated in the schools. And that was the uh, issue that they first jumped on, because That's right. if you believe this is a white Christian nation, then 
uh, blacks should not have equality with whites. So that was the thing that started to move them. But that's a very ugly, uh, you know, pre a concept to to build a, a political movement on. Yeah, you know, it's ugly to say racism. Let's go, you know. So it, it kind of died out, and then it got caught fire again during the seventies. Roe v. Wade, and then was grabbed on by people like Falwell and others and said, okay, this is a way we can uh, we can really push this idea of, of, of white Christian nation. Yeah. yeah. The leadership of the movement, I think, realized what an animating issue abortion was. And I want to re be really fair to um, to the you know millions of people who who genuinely have strong feelings about this issue, right? On, Absolutely. on all sides Absolutely. of this discussion. That is that is not Christian nationalism. I want to say that like being being very passionate about wanting to build a culture of life is not Christian nationalism. I think Correct. that it's become. Uh, I, I do think that it it has the potential to be to be the the way it gets woven into a Christian nationalist agenda is when you start to say the reason that abortion should be illegal is that my faith says so. You're allowed to make the case about respecting about, you know, the, the sanctity of human life and make the, that case and win votes on that basis. Of course, um, that's what people can and should do. But I actually I do see the the abortion issue much more through a lens of religious liberty, which is that different faiths have different ideas about when it, what we would call insolment happens. And I sure. think this is a classic idea where it isn't really a great place for to have the federal government. I don't think the federal government can help us with the insolment issue. I think we really <laughs> do have to leave that to people's religious faith. And that's where we want to let people, you know, let people follow their faith tradition. But, but, but the federal government can help men without uteruses like us from letting our guesswork on the Bible, which never, in fact, bans abortion at all, Old or New Testament, abortions are legal and free in Israel right now, the federal government can stop us from dictating that to women. I mean, this, the argument is that should, should the government have the right to force American citizens to be pregnant against their will because of something that's not in the Bible? I, I agree with you completely. Anti-abortion activism is not Christian nationalism, but it's also not technically Christian, is it? No, there's no mention of abortion in the Bible at all. Yeah, I mean, this. I, look, I've, I've chased down. I saw a scholar put together the 39 references to, you know, something adjacent <laughs> to abortion in the Bible. I've read what those different things are. And I understand, you know, why people why people think that and they're. They, you know, everybody can look at that and come to their own conclusions and use that as spiritual guidance. But exactly, if it becomes something where you're going to mandate that other people follow your spiritual guidance, that really runs afoul of the United States Constitution. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. I want to bring it back, if I could, to race and immigration for just a second, because you really nail that it's the fear of a browner America. The year 2045, when white people become a minority, that is driving a lot of this activism. In the course of your research, do you do you think the need for this white cultural dominance is the thing that's finally overtaking the last vestiges of Jesus's teachings in this movement? Well, I, I think that the, the, the people who are ascribing to this are threatened. They feel threatened. They feel that, that they're being uh, overwhelmed. And it's true. Um, whites will be a minority just like every every other uh, group that's in this country. And that's the beauty of America. That's, to me, the more perfect union. The idea that the founding fathers have, which is we all can live in one place. We can, you know, we can pray however we want. We can, uh, you know, live how we like and we can all be in one big melting pot. If we can pull it off, with all of these different languages and religions and skin colors and sexualities and all of that, if we can live together in one place, that's the, to me, the, the ultimate teaching of Jesus, which is we're all one. We're right all on. one. And if we can live together as one, what a great uh, 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 example for the rest of the world. But the people who believe that whites are supreme and that whites should be the ones that are controlling everything. They're really threatened, really threatened by by what's happening in this country. And Dan, I appreciate that you went out of your way to acknowledge that these people aren't born bigots or authoritarians. You know, someone at some point in the film says, if we grew up how they did, we'd believe what they believe. Um, that there is a humanity there. In, in the course of your research and, and making the film, do you think some of these folks can be reached? Uh, well, I, I definitely think so. I think they're being reached right now. I just think they're being reached by the wrong influence. Um, they um, look. Listen, I think that these these are big, profound questions. Which is, why now? Why are, why are these trends happening in the United States and elsewhere around the world? And I think the answer is, and, and we have to be sensitive to it. The answer is that we're living in an age of tremendous anxiety. There's a lot of instability out there. People are very concerned about the rate of change and all of those things. They appeal to certain to certain people. They really drive them um, to what is known and what is familiar and what is like them. And so this kind of tribalism, this kind of groupthink that let's double down and just be comfortable in the way things used to be and surrounded by people who think just like us. I think that's happening all over the place um, and it's it's putting up division between us. So it's really important, I think, to reach across whatever different divides. We have a diversity of voices in this film. We have scholars, we have faith leaders, we have po political you know, commentators, we have them from the left, we have them from the right, we have them from Christians, we have them from non-Christians, to find the commonalities. We all have to make an effort to find those commonalities and to kind of regroup towards original ideals. Let's just agree on some basic ideals about what the United States is, about what Christianity is, and maybe if yeah. we can get back to those ideals, we can find a way forward. But I think, Dan, that, you know, when you, John, when you were asking about, uh, can these people be reached? First, you have to reach the leaders and get the leaders to understand 
what this is all. And, and I think there are some that are starting to waver a little bit. There are some that are saying, maybe we've gone too far. When they see something like what happened on January 6th, they go, wait a minute. Is this what we That's is right. this how we wanted to take these That's teachings right. this far? And if, if they start backing off, that's the way to reach uh, the, 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 the larger population. I really thought okay. when I started this thing that all we would do, if we could just find, we would just find great, smart, legitimate people who would tell us, tell us what these books say. Tell us what the Bible says. Tell us, read to us from the Constitution. Tell us about those things. And that would just clear this up. Everybody would then realize, oh, no, this clearly was not invented, created to be a Christian nation. It was, it was created to be multicultural, pluralistic um, democracy. And no, that is not what Jesus thinks. Jesus is, is not for, um, you know, pushing pushing away immigrants who are in need and turning our back on the poor and for the death penalty and for preemptive yeah. war and all that kind of stuff. Let's just let's just read it to them. But it, that's not going to do it. You know, that's the problem. At this point, just hearing these words isn't going to do it. So I think we have to share those words to them, but we also have to show how ugly this movement is, how the inevitability of the tyrannies that it inherently creates by privileging one class of people over another. It's always tyrannical and it can't be democratic if everybody is not an equal plane. And this is why I'm going to tell everybody relentlessly, they have to see God and Country and to see it more than once, because it's not just an important film for these times in our politics. It's also just great fucking filmmaking. Gentlemen, it's such a good <laughs> movie. This thing cooks, it pops. It's so it's it never becomes preachy. It's always urgent. The film is God and Country, produced by Robin Michelle Reiner, directed and produced by Daniel Partland. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I can't wait to see what you guys do next. And may this film be reached by every brain before we vote this November. Thanks so much for having us, John. Thank, Thank you, you, John. So great to talk to you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.